Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Gerald Quinn. On a Thursday, as we gear towards a Veterans Day weekend, um, first of all, I need to apologize for uh, this podcast. It's going to be released a day later than normal. Um, So my apologies for that. But I'm here, and I'm going to make, trust me, I will make up for that as we will have a, I have a special podcast coming up that will be uh, certainly worth the wait. I'm excited about it. And it'll be out in a couple of days. It'll be out in a couple of days. I might, I might, I don't know, I might drop it, you know, this weekend, maybe, maybe. But we are here for a, another week of NFL football. Of course, tonight I am solo again. Uh, we will soon be getting back Mr. Sapp, as I'm sure he has uh, a lot of thoughts on his on his football team. But I have all the thoughts on the Buffalo Bills right now. Um, themes of this week, uh, as we look back at a week nine in the league where no contract is guaranteed, the gap has been closed. I, I'm going to expand on that. Uh, I'm going to expand on that uh, later on, and I can say that in college football as well. We're going to do some college football uh, because it was a great. It's been a great year, college football. And I apologize to my college football fans if I had not given college football the necessary love that it deserves because it's been it's been a phenomenal year for college football. And I'm looking forward to uh, this last uh, month and a half up until the uh, bowl season starts in December of college football. Great weekend of college football this past weekend that we had. All the thoughts, of course, um, the Buffalo Bills fell to the New York football Jets 20-17. to The Jets now improved to 6-3, and and Buffalo falls to 6-2. and Now, Buffalo, they once thought that they were going to run and hide with this division. That is not the case. They had the Jets and the Dolphins on their heels, and both, of the, both the Jets and Dolphins have beaten the Bills, okay? Uh, they, they, uh, they make up the only two losses that the Bills have this season. Matter of fact, uh, looking at the standings right now, uh, Buffalo's 0-2 in that division, while the Jets and, and Miami are both 2-1. Even New England is 1-1 in that division. Um, so, Buffalo, it could be a very interesting finish towards the AFC East. I still favor the Bills because I still think they're, the, they're, they're the, better, the best team in that division. I still think probably pound for pound the best team in the league. But, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, this was a loss, I think, that was a carryover from the Green Bay second half. Buffalo played a horrible, miserable second half against Green Bay last week, only scored three points. Uh, Josh Allen had two interceptions. And I think that this carried over into this entire game against uh, the New York Jets. Now, give the Jets a lot of credit. Defensively, Jets have a legit top 10 defense. But, but you allow the Jets to rush for over 173 yards. Buffalo now the last two weeks against Green Bay and, and New York, and the Jets have given up 382 yards rushing in two weeks. Think about what I just said, 382 yards rushing. That will not win you a Super Bowl. Matter of fact, that's not going to even get you to a Super Bowl. They have to tighten up that run defense because – I was concerned about it. I was I was a, I was a little bit concerned about it after the Green Bay game. Now I'm very concerned about it. This is back to back weeks. And listen, the Jets is one thing to defend, you know, to have to go against Aaron Rodgers and say, "Hey, we rather have them run the ball than Aaron Rodgers beat us." You're going against Zach Wilson. There's no way in the world that the Jets should have been able to run for 173 yards on Buffalo. Uh, with Zach Wilson on the center. That just shouldn't happen. Um, so I think that uh, Buffalo, I'm looking at their offense. Uh, this probably was Josh Allen's worst game of the season. He was awful in this game, had two interceptions, could have had more. Um, this is one of these games where, you know, Jets hung around and it became a fourth quarter game. And you give an underdog, a team that you should should handle, some life going to that fourth quarter, especially on the road, anything can happen. Uh, we saw that in Miami when they lost to Miami early in the season in, in September. And we saw that similar to this game uh, in, uh, in New York. So 
give the Jets a lot of credit for hanging in there. They're a tough, um, tough-minded football team. Similar to the Giants, both had both really don't I don't have think have franchise quarterbacks. So the Jets are much higher on Wilson than any Giants fans are or Giants brass are on uh, Daniel Jones. I'll say that. Uh, you know, I was doing the radio broadcast for this game, and the Jet fan, the Jet announcers were just going gaga over Zach Wilson. Zach, listen, Zach, Zach Wilson is eh, he's okay. He's okay. I haven't seen anything to let, let to say that Zach Wilson is going to, going to be this franchise quarterback. I've I've not seen enough to say that. I really haven't. He's he now to his credit in this game he did he did what Josh Allen couldn't do, and that was not make mistakes. Okay, he didn't make any mistake as far as you know. I mean, what I mean by that, no turnovers, no fumbles, no no interceptions. So from that standpoint, he did an excellent job. He was like eighteen and twenty five for one seventy eight. Nice economical, uh, workman like performance. But the more, most important thing he did not do, he did do was not turn over the, the football. Allowed them to stay in the game. Allowed their defense, uh, allowed their defense to to continuously rush the passer. And allowed them to continue to, to be able to run the football as they did. Um, again, I'm not I'm not going too crazy about this game for Buffalo. I'm not saying Buffalo cannot still everything is still out there in front for Buffalo to do what they had intended to do coming into the season that is win the AFC Championship and win the Super Bowl. But it's not going to be it's going to be a dogfight. Like it's going to be it, it's not it is not like going to walk over. The league and listen, they probably you know, you know, me and Sap was talking, you know, was thinking sixteen and one. Of course, that's not going to happen. I would probably think that they they're going to lose at least one more game. I I actually think that fourteen and three, and maybe even thirteen and four. I I I'm thinking right now thirteen and four. I think Buffalo probably will lose two more games. To be honest with you, so fourteen three, thirteen and four, more than likely. I I would lean towards thirteen and four, but, but regardless. Buffalo, their goal is no matter what their record is, to have the best record in the conference. That's their goal. And right now, uh, they still, even with that, even with the two losses, because of the uh win over Kansas City, they still have they are number one in the conference right now at six and two, four and two in the conference. So they still have everything in front of them. In front of them. I'm not gonna go too crazy on this loss because bottom line is that division is brutal. The AFC East now um, has every team in the AFC East is uh, has is a game over five hundred. We've made fun of New England, but guess what? New England is five and four. You have a five and four team that is in last place. You have two six and three teams in that division. That is a rough division. Um, so and uh, so, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to jump on the Bills the way I know Mr. Sapp would. But uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher than what I thought. Than I thought. I thought Kansas City was going to be the team that Buffalo would only have to worry about. It's more. It, you know, AFC has some. You know, AFC has some heavy hitters in it now. They have some some teams now, and we'll talk about one later on in this podcast that could be some. That could be more of a uh, problem than we thought coming into uh, coming into this season. Great win for great win for the Jets. Um, Buffalo still has everything in front of them, so that's what that was my take from that game. And um, uh, from that game, we'll see what Buffalo does moving uh, forward. Game of the week. Uh, this game was easily the game of the week to me. Tennessee and Kansas City. Now it's very rare that I'm that you come out more impressed, well, more impressed with a team with the with the winning with the losing team than the winning team. But that's exactly was the case. With this game, I thought Tennessee controlled this game from basically start to finish. Uh, I thought Kansas City was very fortunate to win this game. Now you're gonna say to yourself, "Well, Surreal, what are you talking about? Kansas City outgained Tennessee four ninety nine to two twenty nine. They ran almost basically forty three more plays, ninety one to forty eight. Tennessee controlled this game from a physical standpoint. This was a Tennessee type game. Look, look, look at the scores: twenty and seventeen in overtime. This was a Tennessee type game." Uh, the key play, of course, was the third and seventeen run in the fourth quarter uh, by uh, Patrick Mahomes. That was the key to the whole game. If he doesn't get that first down, I think without question that Tennessee wins that game because at that point, but uh, Kansas City had done nothing offensively. So the last two games that Tennessee has played against Kansas City, Kansas City has scored a grand total of twenty three points. 
scored three points last year and 20 this year and 20 in overtime. So it is clear to me that Vrabel, Vrabel and company have a beat on the Kansas City offense. If you're Kansas City, you want to see, you want no parts of Tennessee in the playoffs. I don't care where the game is at. I don't care where the game is at. You want absolutely, and this was with their backup quarterback. This is with Willis. Okay. Uh, yeah, no Tannehill in this game. And I know Tannehill's not great, but, you know, I'd still, you know, you still rather have him than, than Willis uh, in the mix. Um, 172 yards rushing for Kansas City, for, uh, for Tennessee. Again, they physically controlled this game to me. They were knocking around uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he had, he had to throw, Patrick Mahomes had to throw 68 passes in this game. Almost, I had over 40 completions, was 43 or 68, over 400 yards, uh, 400 plus yards of, 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 of passing yards. Um, they shut down the Kansas City running game. But I thought Tennessee controlled this game to me. I walked away feeling very good, despite the loss, about Tennessee moving forward. Now, again, Kansas City won the game. That was the most important thing. They maintained pace with Buffalo still for that uh, best record in the conference, which would be, I think, I think that number one seed is going to be vital in the AFC this year because how deep the AFC is. But this game, I walked away with, like, okay, Tennessee could be a problem in the playoffs. Even if I was Buffalo, I know Buffalo handled them earlier this season. I would not want to see Kent. I, I don't want to see a team, right, that plays that style that is they are built to win anywhere. They have an excellent defense, and they have a running game that can travel. And they have a coach who is one of the five best coaches in the league right now. There's no question that Vrabel, to me, you're not out coaching Mike Vrabel. Like you're not going to embarrass Mike Vrabel. You're going to have to, if you, you know, you're going to you're beat, you're beat, you're going to have to beat Tennessee. They're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to make dumb mistakes. They're not going to um, have silly turnovers. Now there were a bunch of penalties in this game, but to me that that favors Kansas City. They mucked up the game. They made the game physical. They turned it into a, a, a dog fight. They turned it into a a ugly game that and that favors there was no rhythm no flow to it and that favors and that favors a team like Tennessee like Kansas City you know high flying offense came in number one offense as far as points per game in the league and a top five offense even in terms of yards they want the game to be pretty you know free flowing there was there was not that at all in this game and I thought that they did an excellent job to me despite the difference in yardage of handling Kansas City's offense Kansas City's offense looked off. But uh, you know there was no yeah, no rhythm to this game from a Kansas City standpoint, and I, like I said, they have a beat on that offense. There's 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 all there's no way to it. Uh, all that's all there is to it. They very well and company know what they're doing against that offense, and that'll be again if I'm Kansas City, that is a team that I just don't want to see in the playoffs. To be honest, with you. couple of games of note: uh, Miami Chicago, very exciting game. Uh, of course, very high scoring for different reasons. Now, Tua again had the second straight second straight week that he's been spectacular. Three hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, he's back on top of his game. But the story to me of this game was Justin Fields. A couple of weeks ago, myself and Robert sat uh, about a month ago. Where we're talking about Justin Fields and the Chicago offense, and basically it was that. Remember, you know that Thursday night game, Washington. Chicago, the 12-7 game, and how ugly that game was just to, aesthetically to watch from both sides, on, on for both teams. I mean, it was an awful football game. Um, and then, you know, you know, I guess there had to be a winner. And you're looking at the Chicago offenses, like we, me and Sapp discussed Justin Fields in particular and basically said that this guy was is shot, like mentally shot, like he can't see the field. Well, the last three games, Justin Fields has been great. Like he's a <coughs> <coughs> he has five straight games of at least eighty yards rushing. Now, there's still some things that he's lacking as far as seeing the field. Okay, we like we're not sitting up here t- telling you he is. Um, become this deadly pocket quarterback. He has it. He still has a long way to go from that standpoint. But 
them allowing him to break loose with with his legs have has really opened up. I think his uh has taken his confidence to another level. Like he looks, he he now has entered the realm of dangerous running quarterback. Okay, a guy that you know something that will, will not last a decade, but at least something if you're a defensive coordinator that you have to plan game plan for for. And that can be dangerous on, on, on a given Sunday where the guy can, can run for 100 and, you know, 50, 60, 178 yards, which he had against Miami. He was straining Miami's defense and it opened some, opened up some things. And he made, he actually threw, threw the ball. He actually threw the ball relatively well, to be honest with you. So now he's gotten to that level to where he's going from a quarterback who to me had no, had zero confidence for most of the season and looked mentally shot. To, at to at least at the baseline, a dangerous running quarterback, and outside I make a case I can make a case outside Lamar Jackson, uh, probably the, the second best running quarterback in the league right now. Like he can go eighty yards on any play, if your defense you know loses his his gap control or they over pursue. Like you have to be, you have to your goal to me. You have to keep him in the pocket. Uh, you you have to he had, and he's gotten to that level where you have to have a spy for him. You have to, you have to have an athletic linebacker that that can spy Justin Fields. He can break and like I said, this guy can, he can break any run for 60, 70, 80 yards at, at, on any given play. So from that standpoint, I, I give Chicago offense uh, the coaching credit for unlocking that because again, he, it looked bad. It looked like I said, he looked like a guy that was completely mentally shot. But with that being said, Miami does get the win. They keep pace with uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Miami defense has not played well over the past couple of games against you know against two bad football teams in regards to Detroit and Chicago. Uh, now Detroit actually can score sometimes. Chicago is not a, a big scoring team, so something to keep note of if you are a Chicago fan uh, looking to make a deep run in the not a Chicago fan. If you're a Miami fan looking to make a deep run in the playoffs, you got to get that defense. Um, got to get that defense under control. Uh, but they have an offense that can that can seemingly score on anybody. Um, those two receivers are just like Hill and Walk and Watkins. Uh, Hill is having is could get two thousand yards. That's def- that is on the table this year. He has been unbelievable, unreal this year. Uh, what he's done week in week out, uh, he's seemingly getting 150 yards every game. So he's on a t- two thousand yards could be on the table for uh, one uh, uh, for one Tyreek Hill. Um, Detroit Green Bay Green Bay now hits a a the lowest of lows, fifteen to six. Excuse me, was it fifteen to nine against the lowly Detroit Lions? Um, again, uh, this was this was Aaron Rodgers, you know. Probably one of the worst performances of his career. Three interceptions. Two of them just were just horrible throws. I'm not going to knock him for that first one that hit the guy, the the player. The, I think the defender's helmet that could happen and, and get and got tipped, got tipped, uh, caught intercepted off a ricochet. That can happen to anybody. But the last two were just horrible. The one, the, I mean, the last two were just dreadful. Those are the interceptions you never see out of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he hadn't had a three interception game in five years. Go back 2017 season. Uh, the one he was trying to throw the opposite lineman. I don't know what he was looking at with that one. Um, that was just you know. That's where you know that it, there's just there's just not there's you know we've been dis- a disconnect with he and and Lafleur from a uh, communication and from a, a just being on the same page from that standpoint. We've talked about that all season long. With Lafleur and uh, and Rogers and Rogers, rightfully so, you know, has to take these hits. Uh, you know, he gets the praise when he's winning MVPs, four-time MVP the last two years, the MVP, and had been the best quarterback in the regular season, you know, easily the last two years. But right now, he's been this year. He's been a bad player. So there's to it. He's been a bad player this year, and been one of the reasons why they are three and six. Um. The team again offensively is hard to watch. They are hard to watch offensively. They should not be this bad offensively. They shouldn't be at all. 
Um, again, even though everybody's seven, you know, seven teams make the playoffs, we know Green Bay is finished. The 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 question is now. I'm mean, continuously asked this question about Green Bay: Is will Aaron, will Aaron Rodgers be a Packer in 2023? That's the that's that's what that franchise is playing for right now, because uh, their season is done. That team has no shot whatsoever. Detroit, excuse me, Minnesota has ran in in hot and hit with that division, and they're not getting more than one team, especially with the MC East getting MC East is going to get three teams. Uh, you know, the West could get two. We'll see what happens with that, uh, but no, they're they're not getting. They're you know it's going to be Minnesota. That's going to be it out of the uh, the NFC uh, North. So we're going to deep, have a deep do a deep dive on this college football weekend, in particular in the season. Um, it, it has been a spectacular season in college football. That's all it is to it. Uh, every week, a big time game. Every week, seemingly has at least one classic game. This week, you had to return the return of one of the best rivalries we've seen in the last 20, 25 years, and that's LSU Alabama. LSU is back. Um, they went a went thirty two thirty one in overtime uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, one of again, one of the great scenes that you'll ever see uh, Saturday night. In Baton Rouge, when that when that team when both teams are good, they came in ranked. Uh, I think number ten, they came in ranked tenth. Um, Alabama is done as far as national championship. They're not that. This is just this is just not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, they not they're not even going to. I, I don't even now again. They're only uh, they. Uh, I know they're theoretically not out of it. Um, if LSU drops a couple of games, but LSU had to drop. LSU would have to uh, drop a couple of games, and that's not going to happen. LSU's not losing multiple games. As the LSU owns a tiebreaker, and um, it's going to be LSU and Georgia in the, in the SEC championship. I can't see it any other way. Um, this was again, this was a great football game to watch. These two teams go back and forth. Um, tip for tat. And again, remember when this rivalry from like 2000, you know, 10 to 2014, 15, 2014, 15, this was like one of the best rivalry. They had a three year stretch where these, I mean, this was, this was the rivalry in college football. Like, the, especially from like 09 to 2012, this was it. Like, these two teams, this was it. NFL prospects left and right. Uh, LSU came back a couple of years ago and got kind of got right with the Joe Burrow team, one of the all-time great teams in college, in recent college football history in 2019. Uh, they are back. They're going to get top more top recruits. Give Brian Kelly a lot of credit for going for two. Um, he's not scared. Um, and he, I mean, he might as well. Like, yeah, home. Forget about playing for you know. The longer the game goes on, you just don't know. Uh, so I, I I I give a lot of credit for going for two in that spot. But um, look, I, I think that you know, think about this college football season is we thought coming into the season that it was Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. Georgia to me is still the best team, pound for pound. I think I've seen they are the best team that I've seen this year, but they're not unbeatable. Like there's no un, there's no team that's just going to run away and hide with this thing. Uh, you know, you still have you know Georgia's out there. Tennessee, we know how good Tennessee is. We know how good Ohio State, Michigan are. Um, Oregon, since losing to Georgia at opening weekend, has been spectacular. Um, there's just a lot of balance uh, in these Power Five conferences. There are anywhere from three to five teams ranked in these Power Five conferences. And again, they're going to have. I think this is the best possible situation for college football to have still signature programs up top. Right, like you have. LSU, you know, Georgia could win a championship this year. LSU could win a championship this year. Ohio State, Michigan, USC. You still have your your blue bloods, but but you st- there's no, you know, there was a time where it was like, okay, it's gonna be Alabama, Clemson. It's gonna be Alabama. It's gonna be Alabama. It's gonna be. That's not the case anymore. This year, like that, there's gonna be a different team from that standpoint, and we don't know what two teams are gonna be playing in the national championship. Like you know, they, we. 
basically like there was a five year period where it either was going to be Alabama or Clemson. As great as Georgia is right now, I don't know if Georgia's going to be playing in that championship game. If you tell me Georgia lost in, in the national semifinal, I, would I be surprised? No. No, I'm sorry, I would. I think I think there's too much bounce now. Again, I think Georgia is going to be playing for the national championship. Matter of fact, I if I lean, I would lean towards Georgia repeating. But I don't feel as confident in that as I've had in say Alabama or Clemson, uh, in the past five years as I do about where Georgia is right now. I don't. I don't feel as confident from that standpoint. And I think, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's a good, a great thing for the sport. It creates a NCAA men's college basketball type feel to it, like a March Madness, like a like a bunch of very, very good teams, but no team that just is head and shoulders above anybody else. I don't think Georgia is head and shoulders above everybody else. LSU could beat Georgia in the SEC championship, which would just shake, which would, you know, I'm sure some people would be would be thrilled by that. Uh, and uh, and, and, and um, that would that would actually no that would actually hurt some teams in these other conferences these other Power Five conferences that are looking for those those one of those four uh, playoff spots. But um, no, it's been a, it's been a phenomenal college football season. You still have on the table. I mean, even with that, you know, Clemson loses to to Notre Dame. But you know, so what's happened is all these conferences have been, have gotten better, even at the bottom, right? Like even the ACC, like Florida State has improved. Uh, the ACC has, I think, it has four or five teams that are ranked in it. They have been ranked. So all these conferences that the talent has spread, all these conferences that have have, have uh, dramatically improved. Uh, we know what the SEC is a, is a, you know is a, is a battlefield week in and week out. So you know there again there are no dominant there's not a dominant two or three teams in the country that could just that are just going to run through anybody uh still get a lot of big games that are left on the table um in the regular season of course everybody's gonna be you know geared towards uh that that michigan ohio state showdown um that probably i would say is going to be a, an elimination game for one of those two teams uh they're both under the field right now um you know oregon and we'll see what happens with Oregon in the Pac-12. We'll see which one of those teams can get in between Oregon, UCLA, and USC. Only probably one, only one of those teams is getting in. Not two of them. Only one of those teams is getting in. Listen, you're going to have to use this. It's going to be – the playoffs are going to be – I think, by, to be honest with you, I think two SEC teams – I find it harder to believe if two, if two SEC teams don't get in. Like I, I, I think a combination of Georgia, LSU – or Georgia, Tennessee, will two of those teams are going to get in, and then you're going to have I think the winner of the Ohio State Michigan that team get in, and then you know one of one of one of four teams either USC, UCLA, uh, UCLA, USC, Oregon, or maybe maybe TCU, maybe. So, again, great college football season up so far. And still a lot of uh, big games and some great action uh, ahead in the next uh, in the next uh, five in the next month. Stock up, stock down. Getting back to the NFL, AFC East. Um, look, look, coming into this season, coming into this season, we talked about Buffalo this, Buffalo that, Buffalo this, Buffalo that. Okay, Miami's you know could be a playoff team. But the rest of we we just shitted on the rest of the division. Me and me and Robert Sapp did. We did. The entire division through nine weeks has a winning record, and I think that it is not out of the realms that similar to obviously I think the NFC East is definitely getting three teams. Would not be surprised if the AFC East got three teams. I don't think they will get three teams, but I will not be surprised if they got three teams. I think. I think Buffalo and Miami are making the playoffs. I don't think New England. I don't think New England will. So the question is, can the Jets make the playoffs? Can the Jets make the playoffs? Now, it's going to be hard because the Jets have had all their division games at home. Okay, they lost to New England. They took out. Took it. They beat Miami with a no tour. And of course, they beat. They just uh, took out Buffalo. 
So, but the other three remaining uh, divisional games will be on the road. So keep that in mind. So I think more than likely it will be two teams out the AFC East, but this division has been much better than what we thought going into uh, the season, for sure. Stock down. Um, I should have somebody. Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry, I didn't have Arizona. But Arizona Cardinals stock down. The reason why Arizona is stocked down because they just look like a team that is going in like 20 different directions. I mean, you have a, you have a quarterback who we know has franchise talent who seems not to be on the same page with his own, his coach. You have a coach, I think, that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be done after this year, to be honest with you. I don't think Arizona is making the playoffs. I think they're going to feel like they, they don't want to waste uh, Kyler Murray uh yeah, Kyler Murray's um, you know he's still relatively young, but I I I I, the, I think the thought process is we should be making the playoffs with Kyler Murray every year, and I think I think Kingsbury can be done. Um, they just have not been on. They've they just they have just looked bad all season long. Even when they've won games, they haven't looked. They've been ugly wins, and we knew that this team was, you know. Was going to be one of those teams that could go in either direction. I know we. I just don't think, frankly, they've recovered from that that uh, that playoff loss, embarrassing loss to the Rams. You get, the, you know, you get, you know, even with the contract with Kyler Murray, the whole questioning his, in essence, questioning his work ethic from the standpoint of how hard he studies and that. I still think that that's had lingering effects on that relationship between he and the organization, and you know. I think there are some thoughts that you know the guy, the guy's a, a a diva and a prima donna. To be honest with you, so I don't think that uh, I don't like the vibe of that franchise right now at all. Um, now they get DeAndre. I know DeAndre. Uh, DeAndre. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is back, but that's still not that. That you know you saw him and uh, Murray on the uh, sidelines arguing. Uh, after um, you know, a third down, not being a converted third down, where Murray had to check off. Um, I don't know if Hawkins had ran a bad, wrong, ran the wrong route, whatever. Just a bad vibe. There's no leadership on that team right now, and Murray should be the leader. But I don't think, even despite the fact that he is their franchise quarterback, that he's respected as that leader. I know. Biggest disappointment. Um, no idea who. Uh, who won the week? We'll we'll get to the biggest disappointment. We'll we'll get to the biggest disappointment. Um, uh, in terms of who won the week. So who won the week? I, I had the Titans and the Astros. First, we did a, we dealt with the Titans. The Titans, I feel like, have jumped back into legit AFC Championship contention. I don't think the Titans can get can go to the Super Bowl. Like I, I don't think the Titans will go to the Super Bowl. Though if they did play Kansas City in the playoffs in the AFC Championship, I couldn't. I couldn't exactly eliminate that. Put that on. Put that. Eliminate that off the table. Um, but I think the Titans have returned back to a team that you don't. If you're Buffalo or Kansas City, that you, especially if you're Kansas City, that you don't want to face in the playoffs. Uh, they are one of the most physical teams in the league. Derrick Henry has been spectacular. Uh, we know what the coach can bring to the table. They know that they're, they're not going to make, they're not going to beat themselves. They're going to be as prepared as any team in the league, and they know how to win. Like this is a team that has won multiple division titles. They've been to an AFC Championship in the last couple of years. They're not going to be again. It does not matter where they play at. They will go anytime, any place, anywhere, and bring their and bring their hard hats. And that is that that and and they know you know this is the thing I look for in my championship caliber teams. I think Buffalo has it. I think Philadelphia has it. I know Kansas City has it. Knowing who you are, they know who they are as, as a team in terms of what they're trying to do and what they want to do. Also, Houston Astros, uh, congratulations to them. Their second second championship in five years. I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago. They are the preeminent franchise in baseball. Without it's not even close. The most well-run franchise in baseball. I don't want to hear anything more about the cheating. I don't want to hear anything more about you know trash cans. They you know they go out there and dominate in the postseason. They they basically sweep 
through the American League. They did sweep through the American League. Uh, or did they? Did they lost one game? No, they swept the Yankees. What I'm talking about. They swept through the American League, and then were able to uh, down two one against the Phillies. Uh, won three straight games to uh, to wrap it up in six games. Um, get the Phillies credit too. Nobody thought the Phillies after they after they fired their manager uh, would be would return back uh, would turn their season back uh, turn their season around and get already to the World Series, but they did. Uh, so give them credit from that standpoint. But uh, the Astros are 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 at the top of the heap, um, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. That they just they they are smart. They just they they how they run their franchise with in terms of analytics, in terms of drafting, player development, they're doing it better than anyone, period. They lose a manager, lose a general manager, it doesn't matter. You, They get accused, they get accused and, and, and penalized with the cheating, it doesn't matter. They um, they will be right back in the playoffs next year, right back in the ALCS next year. At, based at the worst, they're going to be in, a, in the, the league championship series, which they have been in six straight, six straight years, so... Give them a lot, a ton of credit for how they're how they're how they're well run. And again, they're a franchise that does not allow a lot of these franchises in baseball allowing analytics to get in the way of of of, of the manager and get in the way of, of of making sound baseball decisions, especially in the postseason. They don't they they're, they're not doing that. They yes, they follow analytics, but not to a point to where it paralyzes their manager in terms of making decisions in a key spot. In the postseason. Speaking of managers, good luck. Congratulations to Dusty Baker. It's been a long time coming for Dusty Baker. For Dusty, been been in baseball forever, even as a player, as a manager. Remember, I was rooting hard for Dusty back in two thousand two. You know, with Barry Bonds that that team uh, that should have won a championship against the Angels. They were up three games to two. Game six, five nothing, and then you know Scott Spezio hits a three run three run homer, and then the wheels fall off. Remember, a lot of Giants fans were heated that or that that but Dusty Baker took out Russ Ortiz, who at that time hadn't given up a run through I think six innings and took him out and the bullpen fell apart. We all know the story from that standpoint. And Dusty, I thought that that would be Dusty's last best chance to win it. It was not that was not the case. Um, he is well deserving. He's been in baseball forever. Always, every one of his teams has all his teams always make the playoffs. They're always competitive. Uh, I know people go crazy in terms of how he uses his bullpen, over overuses his bullpen, but whatever. He is a champion, and uh, it, it, it's been, yeah, it been in, I like to see guys like obviously a black man, but seeing someone who uh, has persevered through so many different playoff failures and what have you, uh, finally finally gets the uh, gets his championship ring. So congratulations to him and the rest of the Houston Astro uh, organization. Biggest disappointment. Not Jeff Saturday, the person, but just the whole, just this entire situation. Uh, Saturday, Jeff Saturday had to, of course, he's been named the interim head coach of the the Indianapolis Colts for the rest of the season as Frank Wright was relieved of duties uh, earlier in the week. And one of the, one of his quotes during the talk with Jim Irsay, who who has no clue what he's doing as an owner, why am I a candidate for this? That was, that was a direct Jeff Saturday quote. Here's a guy with no head coaching. No, forget it. He has no NFL head coaching or assistant or coaching experience. Has no had no college football coaching experience. Coached a high school parochial team that wasn't even that good. But again, you know, white privilege is exactly what you know. This is you know prime example of white privilege. Um, and the NFL has a, there's a lot of white privilege in the NFL. Uh, but this is one. This one is even for the NFL. This one is, is rough to be honest with you. I mean, my goodness, I mean, you could be. I mean, Eric B. Enemy, you know, has been the offensive coordinator of like the best offense of the last half decade, uh, and he can't sniff a job seemingly. Um, the, the, listen, the NFL. Forget about. I can't even say this is embarrassing for the NFL because the NFL does not get embarrassed. It seems. It seems like there's there's nothing that embarrasses the NFL. The NFL is destroying people in terms of the ratings. They're going to have the high, like they're going to have the highest rated programs of the year. Uh, so even before the Super Bowl. So like the NFL, it doesn't matter at this point. Like the NFL was like, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like it, it, this, this is not going to change anytime soon. Like I don't, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Like we can, we can complain about this and you know, it is wrong. 
but it is what it is. Unfortunately, I, I don't see any. I, I don't see this shift of all of a sudden the NFL is going to hire like you know six black coaches or five or. I don't see how this this changes. I, I just don't because the NFL, there's nothing that to hold the NFL accountable with. They have they have by far the most powerful sports product on the planet. Uh, out of four major sports, it's not even close. Now it's not the best product. I think the NBA is a better product on the floor, but that doesn't matter in terms of what in terms of you know primetime games in terms of ratings. Uh, you know live action they have the most powerful product in sports period you know the people are going to flock to it no matter what no matter how bad goodell is no matter what the, the player's character it does not it doesn't matter uh you know bad boy you know blackballing the player for, for you know taking a knee none of that matters none of that matters the nfl is basically a a untouchable commodity and they move like it period so uh, this you know, Indianapolis just has no clue whatsoever. Uh, they've gone through a million quarterbacks since Andrew Luck retired. They now going through another another. They're going to go through another coach. Saturday's not going to be the permanent coach. I, I don't see. I just don't see that happening. To me, this was clearly them tanking uh, for possibly uh, Bryce Young or or or, or C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. So they're taking for what to get one of those quarterbacks, but again, this is this is how the NFL moves, right? This this is what the NFL is. Like you see a guy with zero coaching experience just fall into a job, uh, one of thirty-two, you know, fall into a head coaching job, and you know, it. This is what it is to be a black man in the uh, in the NFL. This is what it is. This is what you have to deal with. Uh, watching this, you know, this this embarrassment uh, year in, uh, year in and year out, or having to deal with this year in and year out. Uh, week ten, Minnesota Buffalo should be very interesting. Um, I don't think Minnesota is that good. Like I think if there's such thing as a soft seven and one, I think they are. Washington easily, Washington probably should beat them uh, this past week. Been up ten points in the fourth quarter, but you know. Look, Dalvin Cook can do some damage. Like they got receivers that can hurt Buffalo, but they is more importantly, this could be a Dalvin Cook game. We'll see if Buffalo can can show up that running game, that running that that rushing defense. Uh, the game is in Buffalo, so I think Buffalo will bounce back. But I'm not as like I'm not as like I'm not as confident as I as I probably should be about Buffalo going to that game. Though I do think they will bounce back and win a close game. Dallas and Green made this game look great preseason, but right now these are two teams going in opposite directions. I understand Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers in particular has owned owned Dallas, but that will not, you know, I they I Green Bay just can't. Green Bay is not going to be able to block Dallas. That's all it is to it. They not, I mean, Makai for um, Michael Parsons is going to have a field day against that that Green Bay offensive line. I don't. I I think Green Bay will struggle to score ten points. So I definitely like Dallas in that game, despite the recent history of the two teams, completely different, just friend, completely different teams than what they have been in recent memories. So I don't what's happened in the past means absolutely nothing to me when it comes to this game, uh, this particular game that's going to be at Lambeau Field. And by the way, Lambeau Field hasn't been like you know the Jets walked in there and, and handled Green Bay, so that like that that aura has worn off as well uh, this this season. Um, Chargers San Francisco should be interesting because these are two of the three teams that I'm very curious about, along with um, that I'm still trying to find out about. I would say um, San Francisco, the LA Chargers, and New England Patriots are three teams that I don't. I'm still not all the way sold on, despite the, their records. I definitely not believe. I shouldn't even put them in there. But the Chargers in San Francisco are very t- are teams that have Super Bowl caliber talent per se. Right? Those are two teams that have that could go to the Super Bowl on on, ta- on sheer talent. I don't think they will. San Francisco is very intriguing considering the Christian McCaffrey trade. We know how great that defense is, and they're very well coached from a schematic standpoint with Kyle Shanahan, but. Have been very inconsistent this year. Uh, this will be a this will be a fun game to watch. 
that the, the San Francisco defense match up against Justin Herbert and that, and that offense. Um, Chargers are quietly uh, put together some wins. They are uh, five and three at this point in that seventh spot and still only a game behind, well, really two games behind uh, Kansas City for that division, uh, for the AFC, in terms of the AFC West. Uh, still have another game with Kansas City, by the way. Um, they're the only team that's even remotely getting close to Kansas City in that division. As the rest of the division is just on its ass, so should be that should be a fun game um, to watch um, uh, to watch on, on on a Sunday night. So should be a, a good a, a, a very good week ten. We are you know approaching Thanksgiving, uh, so we shouldn't have no more weeks of any duds as far as you know honeydew get honeydew weekends. Uh, honeydew Sundays in the NFL. These games we're going to start getting to. We're going to start soon getting into some divisional play. Um, again, this is basically the halfway point of the season. Um, as of right now, how many teams I think could win the Super Bowl? I still, I, I think three. I would say uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. I would say Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Kansas City in that order. So those are three teams I think that can win that can win the Super Bowl: Buffalo, Kansas City, and uh, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Kansas City. I put Philadelphia ahead of Kansas City because Kansas City is in the same division, excuse me, in the same conference as Buffalo. I do think Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not saying they. I don't think Philadelphia's heads and shoulders above everyone, but I think they're 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 a slight notch above everybody else in that in that conference. Um, and if they can stay healthy. They're going to be difficult to deal with uh, moving forward. They really are. They have a now. They have, in essence, they basically have. They don't have the home field wrapped up, but they have a two game lead. They remember they're Minnesota's only loss. Um, they in essence have a three game lead over Dallas in that division. Um, so they're going to be if they get home field, they're going to be it's going to be difficult for anybody to go into that stadium. Philadelphia in that stadium and win and keep them from going to the Super Bowl. So uh, those are three teams I think that can win the Super Bowl right now. Um, it should be a great second half to the season. I don't the MVP thing. I like you know a lot of people are pushing for Hurts. Allen has had a bad six quarters. Um, we got. I mean, you got to put Mahomes. You got Mahomes has got to be in that mix as well. Still a lot to be decided from that standpoint. So a lot to be decided uh, from that that standpoint. No, there's no clear cut MVP uh, right now. Uh, final thoughts. Um, so the Nets decided to hire Jock Vaughn for the, as the, as their coach for the rest of the season. Um, they stand clear. Udoka. I don't blame them for for that. I think that. You have enough issue. They have enough issues going on with Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and just that franchise in general. Where it was like, we really do we really want one of our players answering questions about non-basketball questions about, you know, their head coach. I think that certainly had a lot to play into it. Again, this is not an anti-Udoka. I think Udoka is a, a, a tremendous coach, but Udoka by himself was not going to shift that culture. It's just not going to happen. Like it's just that that. That's that culture has to be torn apart and rebuilt, and I frankly don't even think they have the people in that organization to do that right now. I don't think Marks is Joe Sy hasn't you know he's shown that you know he let he's basically let Marks do whatever he wants, so he's not the guy. He, from an ownership standpoint, he's not doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing from that standpoint. From picking the right um, from because of he allowing Marks to do whatever, I, I just don't I. And we know we've discussed in 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 detail about you know the rant. You can't have the rant and Irving running your franchise as player. So there was no coach. I don't care who you know. You could bring Greg Popovich in his prime. It doesn't matter. There was no coach that was going to single handedly shift that culture and just rebuild that culture by themselves. It just was not going to happen. So I don't I don't have a problem with them going away. To you deal to uh, going the route of Jock Bond. Uh they were of course impressed by Jock Bond during during the bubble when they had a, a winning record. They were, I think they finished seven and three in the bubble, ended up making the playoffs, uh, and before getting knocked out in the first round. But 
it's the safe it's the very it's the safe choice and right now playing it safe is probably is probably the best course of action for the, the Brooklyn Nets right now. Probably wouldn't stand clear of taking any more risk uh for, in terms of the near for, for the near future. So uh we'll see what happens with that. Players seem to like them. They've played certainly they played better. Again, it's not a coincidence that since Kyrie has been suspended that they played better basketball. Like when you're not answering questions about somebody twenty four seven, you tend to be able to focus on actually winning basketball games. And that tend like that that is a that's a big deal. Like a like the like a, not having that distraction, that black cloud hanging over your head as a franchise, as a player, as as a, in the locker room, where is is that that does matter, believe it or not. It really does. I know you we think that these guys are super are just superhuman and they can compartmentalize anything. They're human beings just like the rest of us from that standpoint. They get distracted as they get they get distracted as well. And Kyrie again the Kyrie Irving fact that he will see what happens if he's going to come back. He's eligible to come back very soon. I think even like even early next week after uh, I think after they play the Clippers or the Lakers, they're going to go, they're going to the West Coast after they play one of those teams. Uh, he's eligible to come back. So we'll see how the suspension goes past five games, but they've clearly played much better basketball without him. That, that goes without saying. I mean, even their losses have been very good losses. They lost a, a tough game at Dallas. They've handled, they destroyed the Knicks, destroyed Washington, had a nice comeback win against Charlotte. Um, so they've played better basketball. Uh, the Chicago loss, you know, that was off that. I mean, he was there for the Chicago loss. What I'm talking about, yeah. So that's, that's the, that was his last game. His last game was against Chicago last week, uh, middle of last week. Uh, so I, let me, I don't even count that one because he was actually, he actually played in that one played in that game, but um, yeah, they, they played much better basketball without him, period. They have. Uh, now, again, I don't, you know, they're not going, they, they wouldn't go anywhere with him without a distraction. Like, that, the team is just not good enough. But um, I I completely agree with them going the route of not, get, of, of not getting Udoka. I, I understand why they did it. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I hope everybody enjoys their Veterans Day weekend. Uh, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there that have served our country for and continue to serve as well uh, and protect our country and protect the world. Uh, we, we, you, you're, you know, what you do is 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 priceless, and uh, can can we can't thank you enough for that from that standpoint. Uh, again, I have another have a very very special podcast that I'm going to be releasing uh, probably later on this weekend, if not on early next week, if not this weekend. I will keep you posted with updates. So 